like Kyle said, I'm Greer. Um, I worked with Kim, well, I worked alongside Kim and Kyle. I worked for the Wesley Foundation, which is the Methodist Campus Ministry. Um, So I actually went to UA for undergrad. My undergrad's in biology, um, which is a joke. I don't use it. Whoever tells you that you're going to, that's kind of a lie. So stay strong, but do it, complete it. Um, But then um, I actually, this is, I'll share this because I I think it's fun and I hope you guys do too. Um, But I was a marine biology major, worked at SeaWorld. Thank you. Um, And uh, thought I was going to work there forever. This sweet, sweet man at Wesley told me I was going to work in ministry. I laughed, um, came back, worked in ministry. Um, Was supposed to be there for nine months, was there for three years. And uh, while I was there, I fell in love with the recovery community from substance abuse. Um, The Lord has a really good sense of humor, and his plans are much bigger than mine. So I went back to grad school, and I have my master's in marriage and family therapy. I graduated last May, um, and I opened private practice three weeks, four weeks after I graduated, and we're just rocking and rolling. So I have a private practice in Tuscaloosa. Um, Marriage and family therapy does not mean that we work with just couples and families. I work primarily with individuals. Um, If you hear a marriage and family therapist tell you they work with all ages, that's a lie. Um, We all have preferences. I don't love children. I love them. I love them as humans. I don't love to work with them. I don't understand them. So my coworker works with kids, and I work with adults, mostly struggling with drug addictions, which is very different than working with children sometimes. So today, so Kyle called me and said, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Would you want to come talk? And I immediately, if I'm being honest, I got anxious, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great, (sighs) was kind of what Kyle probably heard on the other side of the phone, Um, because it's been a really long time since I've spoken in front of college students, and you guys are a little intimidating, if I'm being honest. So we're going to work through my anxiety tonight. I'm just kidding. We're going to work through y'all's. But... (laughs) So what I'm going to do, though, is I think you guys may have copies in front of you already. Is that right? Okay. So we're going to kind of just jump right in to this, um, and then I'm going to kind of pull scripture in along the way. And so I just need you all to kind of bear with me. We're gonna, it's been a long day, but we're going to get through this together, and it's going to be great. Okay. Ooh, my eyeballs are not going to be able to read. Can I? Is there an extra copy? Yeah. My eyeballs can't read that. Thanks. Okay. Um, okay, so first I kind of want to maybe chat about the difference between stress and anxiety. What is the difference between the two? Are you asking? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That was not, and it's also not a rhetorical question, which is, I teach at the university too, and all my students say, is that a rhetorical question? No, it's not. That was really mean. I shouldn't have, they don't say it like that. Dang it. Kyle, I'll just, it's been great, you guys. Thanks. Um, they don't, they're very sweet. It's an early morning class. I will be kinder tomorrow to them, is what I will do. Um, okay, so what is the difference between anxiety and stress? And it's not a rhetorical question. Which one is a chemical imbalance? Anxiety. Yes. 
I was about to be like, did you go to therapy? Because that was so beautiful. But then I was like, that's a really personal question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm obviously a therapist. I'm like, let's do this. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so the idea that stress is caused or compounded by your environment. Anxiety is a chemical imbalance that, tell me, say that last part again. It's a chemical imbalance that isn't, that's maybe influenced by the environment, but more so... Okay, so anxiety, stress is, anxiety is both, anxiety, okay, okay, do we want to add to that or change any of it? Stress, say that again, anxiety is a stress-induced chemical imbalance, okay, I can dig that, I don't have like a clinical definition for you guys. I'm trying, to, right, I'm trying to get you guys to kind of think about the difference because what I see a lot is when people say, oh, I have really bad anxiety. Nope, you are super stressed out, right? And not to say that those two things, you can't operate, you can't have both of them at the same time, right? But knowing the difference is going to be really important because the way that you're going to manage stress may look really different than the way you manage anxiety, right? Yeah. Okay. Stress is an outside force. Anxiety is an inner force. Is that... Is, is that helpful? Yeah. Okay. Is anxiety always present if stress is circumstantial? Or not necessarily? Okay. Stress is worry, anxiety is fear. This is getting so deep. I feel like I don't need to be up here. Maybe you should be up here giving this. Okay, so yeah, so there's this idea, right, that anxiety and stress get interchanged a lot. Sorry, I don't know how to. (laughs) Anxiety and stress get interchanged a lot, or they get used interchangeably or even used synonymously, when in reality, that's just totally not the case, right? And so what I want to do tonight is actually give you guys this tool. It's called a thought record, which is super therapy sounding, and I hate it, and I wish I had a better term for it, and I don't. And that's the same face I make every time I present it in a session, which is probably not great because who wants to do something when your therapist looks like this? But um, what I want to do is kind of give you guys this really practical tool because you can use it for stress and you can use it for anxiety. Um, and as we kind of process through both of them, I hope that maybe that, that differentiation between the two becomes really clear for you on a personal level, right? Because like what you view as stress or stressful may not be stressful to me, or what may be really anxiety-inducing for you may not be for me and vice versa, right? So what I hope to do with this is kind of give you guys a tool to use it in either capacity, um, and also maybe some language to use so that you guys can kind of talk through it either with each other, (laughs) with a therapist, right, whatever, but a tool that kind of helps maybe bring some of those feelings down, whether it's stress, anxiety, or any other negative emotion. Does that sound good? Okay. I'm like, just sweat a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to, nope, I'm not. I'm going to take this first. Okay, you guys have your Bibles, yeah? Okay, perfect. Okay, so I'm going to come over here because I'm super visual, sorry. 
Okay, so we're actually going to jump into scripture a little bit later into it. I tried to find scripture. I pitched this really beautiful idea to Kyle. This is why I'm not getting asked back. But I thought, oh, I'll pull in scripture for every one of these. Nope, because a lot of these have to do with lies that we tell ourselves, and scripture doesn't really support that. So scripture gets pulled in later when things get better, right? Okay. (laughs) So what I hope for you guys to do is either take some notes in the boxes in front of you that can be helpful as you're kind of doing this personally. Um, We're actually going to walk through a situation. So if it's helpful to write down like the words that we use in this particular situation, some people find that useful, right? This is in front of you, make it your own. Do what you need to do with it. There's not a right or wrong for this, okay? So I'm going to go through it just like I am in a session. So we're just going to see what happens because I do sessions like one-on-one, not 50-on-one. So, um, okay, so a lot of this, okay, the idea of this is to take the emotion out and put logic in. Like that's what's, that's what's fueling. We're really anxious. We get really wrapped up in those emotions, right? Like that's what's, that's what's fueling the fire at this point, right? So the whole point of this is to say, what if our emotions are wrong? Which I'm has, like, as a therapist, I'm like, your emotions are always right. But what if your emotions are wrong in this moment, right? And we put logic in, can we change them? And can we decrease stress and anxiety? The answer is yes. Okay, so we're gonna go really, really logic-based here. All right, so this first column, it says um, situation or trigger. And so the way that you're going to go about this is like, this is um, like you're walking. I feel super cheesy now saying this out loud, but whatever. So the, you're walking onto a crime scene. Okay, <laughs> I should really work on my pitches now that I'm thinking about this. You're walking onto a crime scene and you're surveying the whole situation, right? This is just facts. So if I recognize that I'm feeling super anxious, right, and I stop and pull out my trusty thought log, right, this column looks like it's evening. I'm in my apartment. I'm by myself. My cat is present but doesn't count because it's not a person, right, and I've had a long day at work, right? There's nothing about that that's emotional. That is straight, like, factual evidence, right? Like somebody, a cop has walked in and is, like, surveying. That sounded, whatever, it's a survey, right? My dad's a cop, so I think like this. And just go with me. It gets better. The analogy gets better, okay? So these are just facts. That's all this is, okay? Super easy, not threatening. The second column is your feelings or emotions. And so you're going to jot them all down. I say all because they typically don't happen in a vacuum or just by themselves, right? So typically when I'm feeling anxious, I'm probably also feeling really upset and I might be feeling sad or I might be feeling angry or I might be feeling fearful, right? Are you guys tracking with me so far, right? Or if I'm stressed, what are some other emotions that you feel when you're also stressed? Not rhetorical. Overwhelmed. Yeah. What else? What? Jumpy. Yes. I could not place where your voice was coming from, so I felt like I was doing this number. Yeah, jumpy, fidgety, kind of on edge, right? Okay, so you're gonna jot all of those down, and then you have two options. You rank them either on a scale from one to 10, one being not at all, or 10 being this is the most anxious I've ever felt in my entire life, or if you work in percentages, right, zero to 100. Whatever you feel comfortable with, I don't care. Guys tend to like percentages, they're like super into math, cool. Okay. 
So then this next column. Now nah, we're going to hang on to that. Okay, so this next column, the actual unhelpful thought or an unhelpful image that comes to mind, right? And so what I'm, I'm actually going, <laughs> I thought about trying to use an example and I tried so hard today to try to figure out like a good one that was really not threatening. Um, so then I thought, I'll just make one up about myself, which is going to be really awkward, but I'm going to do it anyway. So today I felt pretty anxious about coming here, if I'm being honest with you guys, because I hate this, and it's been a long time since I've spoken to a group in ministry, right? And um, even though I'm a therapist, I also experience anxiety and stress myself sometimes. So for me, right, I'm going to back up a little bit, and then this is kind of the good juicy stuff, right? So for me, situation, (laughs) Alberta Baptist, right? Um, (laughs) It's eight o'clock, I'm with 50 strangers and two of my friends and standing in front, and if I'm being honest, I'm pretty sweaty, right? Like, that's the situation. (laughs) I'm also shoeless and my parents would be losing their mind for how unprofessional I look right now. Uh, Feelings, pretty anxious. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know, right now I actually feel pretty good, just kind of sweaty, but uh, anxious, I don't know, like a six, right? And whatever that means for you, figure out what numbers mean for you, because a six is... I'm not losing my mind, right? I don't feel, it's not crippling. I don't feel like I can't speak in front of you guys. My knees aren't buckling. I'm doing all right. I have felt less anxious in my life, right? Um, Honestly, I was feeling pretty scared because I worry. (laughs) So my scared was probably, I don't know, like a seven or eight because sometimes I have trouble trusting the Lord (laughs) and believing that he's going to speak through me. (laughs) But here we are. Um, Wasn't scared about getting lost. I live like 30 seconds, so that was really nice. Typically, I get really worried about directions. Um, Okay, so two of them, that's all you guys, right? You guys get the drift of how this works? Okay, so my unhelpful thought, right? My unhelpful thought is I'm totally gonna blow it in front of 50 strangers. Hope I'm not, right? Like, I'm totally gonna tank, or I'm gonna say something really wrong, or I'm gonna offend somebody, or this is my favorite, and I think this all the time, if I'm being honest with you guys, I don't know why why I'm being so honest with you guys tonight, but I am. Like, I'm not worthy of speaking in front of uh, 50 hardcore Christians that totally rock it, right? Because um, sometimes I, my worship life or my scripture life or my church life doesn't look the way I want it to. Yeah. Yes, you can definitely call it irrational thoughts. You can call it dysfunctional thoughts. You can call it a cognitive distortion if you're feeling super therapy. You can call it whatever you want. Yes, girl, make this yours. Yes. Yes. Give me an example. That's really awkward. Sorry. Can you give me an example? Like what that thought would be? I want to be helpful. I don't know how to be. Okay. Is that okay? Sorry, that was not helpful. (laughs) Totally tanked. Thanks. This is going to be a great thought log. Um, Okay. But this idea, right, it's typically when you're having these thoughts, jot them all down. Because again, oftentimes they don't happen one at a time, right? They kind of happen rapidly, huh? Yeah. Print them off, copy them, do whatever you need to do with them. 
Um, but so I'm feeling like, I feel like I'm going to tank in front of this crowd. I feel like I'm not, I shouldn't be here. I feel like I'm not worthy, right? What you want to get to is to a place where you say, I feel blank, right? Sometimes you have to jot through a couple thoughts to get to a place where you say, I feel typically a really negative emotion. <laughs> I feel whatever, right? So we're going to just use mine because that's not threatening for you guys. I feel unworthy. <laughs> um, and so what I will do is like, I would start that, I would circle it, whatever I need to do to indicate that is the one causing me the most distress. Okay. Everyone's good so far. Okay, so then these two columns work together. Facts that support it, facts that don't. The best way I can come up with to describe this is you are in a courtroom. (laughs) Shout out to my parents. You're in a courtroom. This is cold, hard evidence, and you're presenting it to a jury. If it's a thought, if it's a feeling, um, if it's a want or desire, it's thrown out, right? Because if you were in a jury and you're like, well, I felt like they hated me, the jury's going to be like, I don't really care. Do you have evidence? right? So these are straight up evidence that supports it, evidence that doesn't, okay? Cold hard facts for this, all right? And so we're going to go with this. I feel totally unworthy of being here, right? Evidence that supports that. There isn't any, right? Um, Like I could maybe argue like I'm not a Baptist. I don't, and you know what I mean? Like even that, like Kyle knew that he still invited me. You know what I mean? Like, so that's not really, that's not really the case here, right? And so sometimes you have to kind of go back and forth between these two columns, and that's cool too. It doesn't have to be linear for all you super type A perfectionist folks. These two, you can go back and forth, okay? So then facts that don't support this, right? Like, (laughs) Kyle invited me. (laughs) Like, I didn't just walk in y'all's door and be like, I'm worthy, let me speak, right? Like, somebody believed in me. Also, um, the Bible tells me so. That sounded... (laughs) That was a great little ditty. I should have done that. Dang it. Next time. Right. But this idea, um, also, I know that I'm worthy, right? Not just because scripture tells me so, but because I'm qualified to do this, right? Like I have a degree. The University of Alabama was like, go on, (laughs) be free. You are free to help other folks with this, right? Um, Also, I have spoken in front of other people. Like I speak in front of a class every day, right? Like I'm, I probably tank it in there sometimes and that's fine, but we all recover and they all show up again the following Tuesday and we do it again, right? So there's really no evidence that supports this, right? I have all this evidence stacked up that shows me I totally am worthy and none that shows me that I am, right? We're all tracking so far. Okay, so then we move into, um, (laughs) there's like this really beautiful tile. It's like alternate, more realistic. Mm -mm -mm. You can just call it your new thought, that feels a little less intimidating, right? So your new thought is whatever your evidence tells you. So if I have all this evidence that tells me that my initial thought was wrong, then by default, the opposite of it is true. Okay, so that was a lot. So if I have all this evidence that tells me my initial thought is wrong, then by default, the opposite is true. So if my thought is I feel unworthy or I am unworthy of being here tonight and all this evidence says that's wrong, Flip it. I am worthy, right? That's what all of this evidence shows me. Anxiety is a big, fat liar. That's how it survives. It has to, it has to have more lies for it to thrive. That is how anxiety lives, okay? If you have the truth, the Bible. If you have the truth, right, 
that's gonna tell you that anxiety, I can't say, is a liar. I almost said sucks. Can I say, I don't, whatever. All right, anxiety anxiety sucks, right? And so, but that's what it tells me. Right? The opposite of that. If anxiety is a big fat liar and truth is the opposite of that and the truth is also my Bible, <laughs> truth is good, Bible good, anxiety <laughs> sucks. Right? Okay, so now what you're gonna do, take all of these feelings, emotions, whatever you, whatever you listed here, right? You're gonna copy that same list right here at the end. Word for word, change nothing. Right? So I was feeling pretty anxious. I ranked it out of six. Feeling pretty worthy because the Lord told me so. I'm feeling anxious like a three because I'm still kind of worrying. And I'm still pretty sweaty in front of you guys, right? And like scared was, I don't even know if I ranked it. Whatever, five. Not really scared anymore, just kind of in it, right? We're here, we're doing it. Looks like I can. Looks like I can handle it. And it looks like that I am worthy of being here. Okay, so do we see how this works? That seems like a really lame example, but we're gonna go with it. Do we have questions about how this works? Not one. Everyone, yes. Sure, that's a great question. How do I make sure that I don't put facts that are actually against it into the support column, right? Or how do I not rationalize negative thoughts, right? You grab a therapist. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, right? (laughs) Typically, anything that's going to support that is also going to start with, like, I feel or I think or I want, right? If I have to rationalize something, then I'm having to go, well, like, let's go with this example, right? Um, You guys are keeping me on my toes tonight. All right. Um, I haven't spoken in a long time. I haven't worked in ministry. Therefore, I'm going to take worthy and I'm going to blow it in front of everybody. Well, I haven't done it in a long time and I'm totally out of practice and what I'm not even, this isn't what I do anymore, right? All of those things are things that I think or feel, right? Like there's nothing, that isn't evidence. Like if I went to, if I went to a courtroom and I was like, well, I haven't worked in ministry in three years. They were like, but how does that qualify you as unworthy? Right? Like that's still not evidence because it's just me feeling that way. Does that make sense? I don't know if that was a great example. If it doesn't, say that. That makes sense? Okay. Does that make sense for everybody? It's all subjective. Yeah. Yeah. But things that happen in this column are almost never subjective, right? That's just cold, hard facts right there. If it's subjective, it ain't on the thought log, right? It doesn't make its cut in. It doesn't make its cut in. It doesn't make the cut. It's obviously the end of the day. Questions about this? How this functions? How to use this? Yes. I hope that means I just did a really good job with it. Right? Okay. So let's pull in some scripture to it. Oh, gosh. I'm like so sweaty. I'm so sorry. All right. I'm going to have you guys read some scripture. Is that cool? Are you guys cool with reading out loud? All right. The Methodists are not cool with reading out loud. They all get really freaked out. You guys are crushing it. All right, so um, I'm going to actually call out a bunch of scripture, kind of like back to back, and kind of as you, like, somebody just say that they're going to grab it, right? And then we'll go back and revisit it. Does that make sense? Is everyone trying? Okay, I'm glad you guys are. All right, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. 
Someone grab it. Got it? Okay. Tell me your name. Joseph. Joseph? Okay. I'm going to try to remember this. It's not going to go well. I can already feel it. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Ooh. Ooh. The battle. (laughs) I have more. Don't worry. Do not fret. Do not worry, child. Right? So who has Isaiah 5, 8 and 9? Tell me your name. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. I'm sorry. Nick. Nick has that. You want the next one? It's a good one. John 8, 32. Okay, tell me your name. Hannah. Okay, I need someone with like a really obscure name so I can remember it. I'm just kidding. Matthew 6, 34. Okay, there's two. So that's perfect. Nobody else volunteer. Everyone fight the urge. Tell me your name. Riley. Riley. Matthew 6, 34. Okay, and then John 14, 27. Best for last. All right, so Joseph... That's Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Will you read it out loud? So let's talk about this for a second. Uh, anxiety or stress? Why is it stress? Did it only occur because of the storm or did they doubt other times? <laughs> like that, didn't you? Ah, yeah. That was the best. I'm not going to get anything else in for the rest of the night, but that felt good, right? So this idea, right, because I love what you said. It's stress because it's circumstantial, right? It only occurred because of the storm, right? It was totally brought on by that, but much deeper rooted, right? Much more deeply rooted. Hmm. Grammatics. (laughs) Grammatically, that wasn't correct, right? But this idea that sometimes we think stress is anxiety and vice versa, right? So kind of figuring out what's going on. Super, super important, right? Okay, so how do we, we're not gonna thought log all of this, right? But this idea, Joseph, uh, read me the part right before the Lord's like, why did you worry? Read me the verse before that. It's not really what I was looking at. Read me the one before that. Okay, we'll go with it. Yeah, that feels good. Okay, so for the disciples, right, there's all this evidence, right, that says things are about to get real bad, right? Storm is a brewing, things are walking around, right? But we know we put our faith in the Lord, right? He's gonna take care of it. How practical is that for us every single day? very practical is it in moments when you are feeling stressed and anxious how practical is it yes it does not always feel that way but it is right and so in this moment right they're feeling anxious they're feeling all of this worry they're feeling stressed right there's all this evidence that says this is going to be really hard to overcome (laughs) jesus per usual is like nah i got it but also a little frustrated why don't we trust him So if we know that, right, if we know that he calms anxiety and he knows that he calms stress, how do we continue to get caught up in it? 
why do we continue to get caught up in it? Yes, because you don't trust, right? So what do we need to do? How do we get back to a place of trusting? Sure, work on the relationship, and maybe that's through scripture. Maybe it's, maybe if you're one of these guys up here, and or girl, what? And you do your little singing thing, right? That's totally not me, I wish, in, in my car it is, right? How else, do we, how else do we strengthen our relationship or continue to maybe put our trust in the Lord when we really struggle? <laughs> yes, you look at the evidence. Yes, right? And so that's exactly, right, if we were to thought log this for a disciple, which is probably not his best day, right, when he's like, uh, the evidence against it is that Jesus fixed it, right? But if we're being honest, if we incorporate our faith into these, that's exactly what happens, right? Like all this evidence, we look for all this evidence that supports it, we can't really find it. And then we look for this evidence that doesn't support our unhelpful, unhelpful thought, right? This idea like, I am not worthy. And Jesus is like, no, right? Is, and I have to say like, sorry, right? A bunch. Um, but this idea that the evidence that doesn't support unhelpful thoughts or irrational thoughts, if you prefer that language, right? Is that it's completely biblical. This is your evidence every single time. Uh, you will never struggle to have evidence that doesn't support an unhelpful thought. Is everyone tracking with this? Everyone's cool with this? Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Nick. Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. How does this apply? It doesn't have to be Nick. It can be anybody. Yeah, yeah, we can hand it over, right? Because his ways are totally bigger than ours and he doesn't have irrational thoughts. (laughs) How great for him, right? He doesn't struggle with that. And so if we trust in him, we don't have to worry about falling into kind of that same anxiety trap, right? Um, John 8.32, don't tell me. Starts with an S. What does it start with? Hannah. I got it. Thank you. I got it. We're going to get there. Hannah. This is John 8.32. Okay. What a beautiful line for evidence against. Right? What we're looking for, again, anxiety and parts of stress, right? That's, it thrives when it lies. Right? The truth will set you free from anxiety. Right? The truth will set you free every single time when you go through this, right? This is the truth. We already went through the analogy. I'm not going to make you guys go through it again, right? Matthew 6.34. Riley. Matthew 6.34. Will you say it one more time? I just love it. It's beautiful.
Yes. Okay. So I love this verse. I actually, fun fact, almost got it tattooed on me. Win a verse before I got 633. Oh man, seeking first the kingdom, but still worrying about tomorrow. So this is for me, when I think about like my college experience, that was really important because I was so wrapped up in, well, I have a test tomorrow and then I have lab on this day. And also I have to work, but also I'm super popular and I have friends. It totally wasn't. I was a huge loser, but right. Also, I became a Christian then, so hey. Um, but I was constantly worried about what was happening next, right? And it's like high school all over again, and also on steroids because instead of saying like, "Oh, what college are you going to go to?" they're like, "Oh, what life decision, what life changing decision are you going to make today?" And you're like, I don't, "Probably just getting more debt is probably it," right? Um, or it's like your second week on campus and they're like, cool, did you declare a major? And you're like, I don't, I'm out of state. Like, I don't, I'm adjusting to the time zone today, right? And so this idea though, that society totally loves that, right? Worry about tomorrow, get obsessed with tomorrow, figure out your future. Lies, it's anxiety, right? Lies, lies, lies. Matthew 6.34, if that's something you really struggle with, write it on your mirror with an expo marker or with a post-it note. It'll change your life. I bet on it. Come back and see me in a year and tell me it does. John 14, 27. No, no, no. I just don't remember your name. Yes. Tessa. Nice to meet you, Tessa. John 14, 27. So that is like the verse for the new thought column, right? Once you write your new thought down or you formulate your new thought, right? Just that idea, peace, 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 just all over it, right? Because the whole point of that is that we're bringing that anxiety down we're bringing that stress down, right? We're backing it up with evidence, right? Um, But this idea that peace is totally, totally obtainable, you just have to kind of work through it. Typically go back to the word, right? Is that cool? Questions about any of those? Connecting points don't make sense? Y'all are just buying what I'm selling? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. What good does worrying about tomorrow give you? Preparation. Is that worried or is that just preparation? (laughs) Right. So this idea of like worrying, like there's a difference between worrying about tomorrow and being prepared about tomorrow. Right. If I know what I have to do tomorrow, right. Like I have a plan. I live and die by a planner. Like, I don't know how you are. I am type A to the max. Like I spend good money and I'm like, what up tax write off. That is me all day long. So if I already know what I'm doing tomorrow, right, then maybe that looks like on Sunday I'm jotting out some things, right? Like maybe I'm meal prepping. (laughs) I don't do that, right? Or like maybe I exercise, right? But if I can jot it all out and have a plan for that, I'm I'm doing things for me that are going to be helpful to not necessarily worry about every single day, right? There's some sort of plan in place worrying, that's a really hard word for me to say, worrying about it isn't going to do anything. I can make moves and plan for tomorrow, or I can say, 
girl, you earned some self-care night, <laughs> which I do often. I don't earn it, I just take it. Um, but, right, this idea of planning is different than worrying about it. If I'm not going to make moves and do anything about it, then me sitting in it and wallowing in it and realizing that I'm so far behind and everything isn't going to do me anything. There's no positive that comes from that. Does that make sense? Is that helpful? Okay. Other thoughts? Does this feel like a good Q&A time? Did I? Yes. Okay. Questions? Or you can text this really fancy thing. Kyle told me you guys do this. This is the Methodists don't do this either. This is super cool. I don't really hang out with the Methodists anymore. It's nothing personal. I love them. I, I'm like embarrassed to say this. Isn't I kind of sometimes I go to Highlands. Um, but I will tell you guys this, um, I was talking to my boyfriend right before I came here and I was like, ah, I'm so nervous. And I was like, what if I don't fit in? And he's like, you go to a Baptist church sometimes. And I do, I go with him sometimes. So I kind of blend in. <laughs> he goes to a very small church and I don't blend in at all. But I felt like that was a cool connecting point. I've never seen this though. So if you have a question, but you don't want to ask it out loud, you can text this number and Kyle will ask it, Right. Questions? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> so um, everything in me screams like, get this girl into some therapy. And that's not like a fixed thing, right? Like, I'm not just being like, oh, I'm a therapist, here's my card, right? Like it's not that. Um, there are so many different techniques that will work for some folks and won't work for others, right? And so I'm gonna kind of like just slingshot a lot of them at you and you can Google them and there is, this is not like unethical or like you're gonna mess it up, right? It's like a breathing exercise. Make it your own, right? So breathing exercises are huge. Um, meditation is huge. Not to be confused with I'm like trying to convert you guys to like Hinduism. Like it's not like that, right? Like meditation just in general, right? There's a ton of incredible books on it. Um, there's something called progressive muscle relaxation, also known as PMR, for all you cool nerdy folks who are super into this. Um, there are step-by-step -step guides, like that will tell you, you can either read it along and follow it. You can get on YouTube. I'm so, I feel like super cool and hip. I'm like, you can get on the YouTube and find it. Um, but if you're somebody who really likes to relax with like eyes closed, I'm trying to get in that mood, that moment, right? That place. Um, you can play a progressive muscle relaxation video and it'll guide you through. Like the idea of it is to tense each part of your body, but to also recognize that you can untense it, detent, whatever. You guys get it. Um, and so if you want like that guided piece to it, right? So she could try that. Um, but seriously, some therapy would be really, really awesome because she can probably process through a lot of that because anxiety is pretty deeply rooted. Yeah, I know that's not, I don't know. Is that helpful? Does that answer your question? You don't look very excited about that, but. Okay, yeah, or you can, or you can just be her therapist. I'm just kidding, don't do that. But yes, yeah, tools like this, right? And you can, um, you can Google like thought records, thought logs, whatever. There are a million versions of this. If you don't like this version, I'm not offended. 
it is just what I like, right? Make it your own. Make it something that works for you. Yeah. What else? Yes. You just do it, Tessa. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so at what point do you recognize that you're irritable and stressed? Kind of after the fact. <laughs> like after you've de-stressed or while you're still in the middle of it? Do you know your triggers? Do you know what stresses you out? Yikes. That's a transfer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't roll tide. I'm just kidding. Don't transfer. Um, the first, I would say the first step is to recognize like, what are the situations that you're like, even if you don't, even if right now you're sitting here being like, I don't really know if I can maybe identify that. Think back on the times where you thought, whoop, I was stressed in those moments, right? And then go back one more step. <laughs> what was I doing? Where was I? What was going on? Right? Because if you can start to pinpoint it, then you go into it more prepared. If I know that this class stresses me out, or if I know that studying with my roommate stressed me out, or you know, you fill in the blank with the plethora that is college opportunities of stress, you can start to go into it more prepared. If I know that's something that stresses me out, then maybe I do a breathing exercise before, or maybe I journal before, or I have a piece of scripture that I read four times over, right? I don't know, pick three. I should have gone with three. Dang it, the Trinity, right? So, <laughs> like, pick something, right, that prepares you. If you know that that's, if you know that you struggle with denial in it, prepare for it. Okay. Is that helpful? Okay. Girl, that's like a whole nother, that's a different night. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. In all honesty, I actually just spoke to somebody else about this. Um, my first piece of advice that I will stand by until the day I die is get into, th- is it for you? I won't even ask, for what, you, your friend, whatever, hypothetical situation, uh, get into therapy yourself because you can't bring your stuff into the room, right? There is nothing worse than a, a client sitting across from you being like, and I just really struggle with the relationship with my dad. And I'm like, <laughs> me too, right? And like, I start crying, right? They don't really dig that. Yeah, they're not into that. Uh, they pay a lot of money to not hear my problems, right? Um, and so a big thing for me, and this was something that my supervisor really ingrained in me. Um, let's see, I started grad school, when did school start? Like August... I don't know, like 17th or something, I was in therapy like the next Tuesday. (laughs) He was like, you need to do something with that. He was right. Um, Because if if I don't know my triggers, right, like Tessa was saying, if I don't know what stresses me out, if I don't know the problems I have to work on, all of that's gonna come up in session. Big fat no, no. Difference between a bad therapist and a good therapist. The difference between a good therapist, I know that's your next question, I just, I don't know. The difference between a good therapist and a great therapist is empathy. Not sympathy, empathy. Hold on to that. That's my next piece of advice. <laughs> empathize. Don't sympathize when you can. Um, look into programs, right? So if you want to do a master's, um, something that I, this was, again, for me, right? Um, I had been working in ministry. I thought uh, I'm going to be 
the super lame one who's the oldest one. I was the oldest one in my program. By like six months, everyone called me. I knew you guys were like, you're so old. I wasn't, okay, it was like six months. Um, but I thought maybe an online program would look, like be great for me so I could keep working because I have bills <laughs> because I'm not in college. Maybe you guys do have them. I did too in college, whatever, no judgment. More power to you. But um, online programs weren't a great fit for me. I wanted something hands-on, and you should if you're going into therapy. It's a trap. Um, but finding a program that works for you right? Asking questions. There are incredible programs at UA. They don't care if you don't go to their program. Like, they're cool if that's not a great fit. Go talk to them. Blake Berryhill, Carly Downs, they're in the MFT program, right? They'll answer everything and kind of walk you through, this is what grad school looks like. This is what after grad school looks like. This is the difference between marriage and family therapy versus being a licensed professional counselor in LPC. This is an agency versus private practice, right? They'll kind of walk through those pieces with you. Also, therapists like myself love talking about what we do. So I know there's a bunch of you who don't want to be therapists, so I won't keep talking about it, but talking to people in the field and getting into therapy yourself, number one. That was a really long answer. Sorry, Hannah. And for everyone who doesn't want to be a therapist. It was like the best, that was the best These reaction. Mom is like abusing drugs and they were taken away from her and like they might go back. And like, mm-hmm. I'm really wrapped up in this whole custody battle. Sure. And like, I really don't have control over it. I have no control over like what happens to the corporate. Like, it, I, so I don't know how to figure out how to separate whether somebody is self-centered or God-centered. Mm. Because like, does it affect me? Yeah, I almost got arrested. Can I do anything about it? Yeah, not really. Yeah, so, so it's not... So, Kyle, you can kind of jump in, too, if that is helpful. (laughs) Or if I say something wrong, be like, that's not what we teach, right? Um, But the difference between self-centered and God-centered, right, as you're trying to distinguish between the two or maybe differentiate, is it a head issue or is it a heart issue? I don't know if that's more helpful to think about it that way, right? Um, Because if it's a head issue, you just thought log that thing up right? If it's a heart issue, then we start to get into, you can do this with both of them, but we start to get into this piece of what can I control and what can I not control? What does, what purpose does worrying, right, or being stressed out about that, what good does that bring to the situation, right? If I'm sitting at home, like, worrying about these girls, right, the only thing I can do is pray for them. I have no control over that. To me, sitting at home wallowing in it does nothing. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, okay. Okay, no, no, no. I'm like, right now, in this moment, if I'm being honest, I'm like, all of my training is like, to get like right here with you and be like, I'm so sorry you feel this way, right? Like, I'm tracking with you 100%. I want you to hear that, okay? If you can't do anything about it, wall. Whatever, this is not for everybody, apparently. If you can't do anything about it, sitting in it, it's not going to be good. Do I get it? 
that okay? That got really personal, sorry. Okay, we're gonna let her hang out. Next question. Yes, Kyle. Yes, I feel like a celebrity. Like, I feel like this is what celebrities do. I'm like, what's the Twitter feed say, Kyle? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally normal. So, yes, 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 yes. Hear me say that. Yes, super normal. Um, so, stress and anxiety can physically manifest in really similar ways, right? Um, so, I'm like out of breath. Ooh, just a little hot up here. Um, so, that can be like a physical, like that tightness in your chest. I don't know if anybody relates to that. Um, the pit in your stomach. I feel nauseous. I feel really sweaty. That's not why I'm sweating, I promise. I, I thought logged it. I'm good, right? Um, but it can physically manifest in multiple ways, right? And so don't be afraid of that. That's, that is normal or that is typical. Um, the difference between stress and anxiety, right? We, could, we can bring out like Webster's Dictionary and define it. But in reality, for you, that's kind of a personal distinction, is that, I know that's not a great answer. It's a total therapist answer. Like, it depends, right? And so some of the answers that you guys kind of threw out earlier, right, this idea that, like, stress is situational or circumstantial where anxiety is a chemical imbalance or um, maybe a little bit more deeply rooted or is kind of ever-present, whereas stress may come and go a little bit more easily, right? And so on an individual basis... Right, those are great, and that could be a really great starting point. I feel awkward. So I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm like, uh. um, it can look different for different folks, right? So if those definitions are really great starting points for you, build off of that, right? But really, the distinction between the two may be a little bit more personal than that. I don't know if that's helpful, and I can't ask you. <laughs> Is that helpful, Kyle? Yes. Is that great? <laughs> <laughs> Is there another one? Yeah, I have like plenty, so I don't want to like bounce oh. back Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because I, like, don't know her, right? I'm like, just bring her to the office. We'll crack her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right? Um, this idea um, kind of goes, uh, I'm trying to be really careful here because I'm, I'm trying not to tell you what I would do because what I would do is what a therapist would do, right? And you're a friend, not her therapist. Um, I, think a, I think a big thing quite honestly, is this idea of comfort, right? Like, eventually, she's opening up enough to say she's full of anxiety, right? So it may not be that she doesn't want to open up about emotions. She may not know how to. Yeah, the good news for you is that you don't have to figure it out. She has to figure it out. Right, And so it could just be that maybe anxiety for her is also synonymous with like sadness, 
grief, frustration, stress, right? Like it could be that that word is kind of all encompassing. So maybe she is full of anxiety when anxiety looks like 17 different emotions wrapped up, right? She's got to figure out how to process that. (laughs) If you want to be a therapist, you can print off a feelings chart. Just Google that. Some of them are color coordinated and super cool, right? But this idea of she's got to start to kind of pinpoint what it is, because if she can't identify what it is, then there's no way to fix it. If I don't know what it is, I can't help. Does that make sense? Okay, so the biggest thing while she's trying to figure out what that looks like or like how to open up, you can be sympathetic or empathetic, I guess, kind of depending on the situation. You can, you can kind of be there for her, right, and continue to encourage it. I can, only, I can only try to help you if I know what the problem is. Just telling me you're full of anxiety doesn't help right? Throw a thought log away and be like, let's figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? But if she can't articulate it, you can't do anything to get inside her head. Yeah. That's not a great answer either. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Okay. I thought you were about to be like, everything I have learned is (laughs) you're wrong. (laughs) Okay. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I do, um, but I do um, when somebody asks me to, um, and so I'm never like, hey, I'm a Christian therapist, do you want to talk about my faith, right, because they're like, no, I'm Jewish, right, um, which is super cool, that's actually some really cool faith, com- whatever, that doesn't matter, um, so is the question like how to incorporate it, or if, yeah, yeah, so, um, so for me personally, I do, the name of my practice is Agape individual and family therapy, which I had to like really think about, right? Because you don't want something, you want to market yourself as that, but also it's really off-putting, especially because I work with folks in substance abuse who are usually anti-God, right? They're all about that higher power, if that. Um, but like my website will say that, or my, we all use like psychology today profiles. Um, and so it'll say that, um, but I have a really open and honest conversation kind of right from that intake session, right? So I'll, instead of being like, I'm a Christian, are you, right? Like I'll say to them, like, what does your faith look like? It's also on their intake paperwork. And so I kind of know right off the bat what I'm working with, right? Because some will say, nope, and I don't want it. And I'm like, we don't want to have to, right? But for folks that are, I have a Bible right there in session. We pull it out, we mark it up, we go through it all, um, I can only kind of speak to the marriage and family realm, not just therapy in general for Tuscaloosa, but for marriage and family therapy, there are two of us who market as Christian counselors. I am the only female, there's a male. So we play the really fun game when we get calls. And like, if I get a guy who's like, I'm really struggling. Also, I want Christian base. I'm like, you should probably call Jonathan, right? Because a lot of that's gonna be really personal and intimate. He does the same thing for me, <laughs> jokes on him. Because girls like therapy more than boys do, right? So it works out a little bit better for me. But in marriage and family therapy, there's only two. In, there's only two of us in Tuscaloosa that market it and put it on our stuff. Yeah, which kind of sucks. But I mean, like self, whatever. I won't say that out loud. But yeah, kind of sucks. Mm. Sure. Um, <laughs> it depends, Kyle. 
Thanks for asking. All right. Um, I would say, number one, it has to be a personal choice. If you're not willing to work, don't go. Don't spend your money. That sounds really counterintuitive and terrible job security for me. But if you don't want to work, then going to somebody isn't going to do anything, right? Because you don't want to apply anything, right? So that probably doesn't so much apply. But if you have friends that don't want to, like you're trying to push a friend into therapy, right? Don't. Because if they don't want to go and work, it's just a waste. Um, if at any point there is something that is crippling you, right, like my anxiety is crippling me or I notice that my, um, what is the word, like social involvement is dropping or it's impairing my work or my relationships are totally wrecked, right, like, yeah, grab one of us. <laughs> we want to help. That is what we are trained in, right? Um, and so if it's something that is disturbing you or keeping you from being able to function at your best, you probably want to go to therapy. Um, I will tell you this, and I don't know if this is super fair. I'm a big proponent of like, everyone should go to therapy. Like, just do it. It is awesome. There is nothing like, because all, we all have to sign confidentiality agreements. Yeah, so you get to walk in there and be like, let me tell you the worst things I've ever done. Blah. And then you're like, okay, bye, I'll see you next week, right? And like, that's it. Like, and there's just no judgment and there's just all this grace, right? And you get to process through things and it's really, really freeing. And it's like uh, talking to your best friend, but <laughs> your best friend doesn't talk back or self. And even if you, <laughs> it's the best, it's so fun, right? But you learn a ton about yourself. And even if you don't feel like you have this major problem, right? Being able to just have a third party who's not deeply enmeshed in your life, right? Great place to process, big, big fan. If you are a student, you can go to Capstone Family Therapy Clinic on campus. It is $5 a session if you are a UA student. I think, or a Shelton student too. The Counseling Center is free. You only get a certain number of sessions though. So I don't know. Your preference, right? Five bucks, unlimited. Yeah, they have some wait lists, but you should definitely call and get your name on the wait list because it'll totally change your life. Promise, like, promise that. Go to therapy. That's such a crappy answer. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's my answer, though. There's really not a great starting point because if you knew how to do it yourself, you just would. Right? Like, if it was just that easy, then people would just Google it and there wouldn't be groups like Sexaholics Anonymous or there wouldn't be, not that that qualifies, you know, not that that always qualifies, but if everybody, if the answer was that simple, then there wouldn't, there wouldn't be therapy and treatment for it. And that's exactly what it is. It's treatment. Right, because it's an it's an addiction that you're trying to break. Yeah, sorry, I feel like I'm like also staring at you, Kyle, and I'm like, it's an addiction, Kyle. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, Kyle, you're really catching on. You can answer it. You can just text back and be like, just go to therapy, obviously. Um, yeah, so what I would say, though, is if you're going, they're kind of, I'd like to maybe branch off of that. Number one, yes, therapy. 
um, if you are interested in therapy in it, I would find a therapist who works with PTSD because not every therapy, not every therapist has experience with it. And that can be a super dangerous place, right? If someone doesn't know how to manage it. Um, <laughs> I do. So if you need tips, right? Like if you need help finding a therapist and you don't like me, right? Um, but for real, if you go on psychology today, um, you can type in just Tuscaloosa and go to therapists and you can check PTSD as a specialty or it'll show you folks who work with PTSD. Um, there's also a type of therapy called EMDR. It's I move, I always mess it up. I movement desensitization. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Anyway, the idea behind it is that it replicates um, the way that your eyes move during the REM cycle when your brain is healing, when it's sleeping. Um, so it's this idea that you get to kind of externalize a lot of this PTSD pieces without having to do as much talk therapy. Um, it's incredible. It's super, super cool. Um, and so potentially that could be an outlet too if you don't feel super comfortable talking through all of that. Um, there are a handful of therapists in town who do EMDR. You can Google EMDR Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. You can do it one of two ways, right? The, you can essentially do a thought log out loud and process through that with somebody. And that's totally fair, especially if you struggle with something like panic attacks, if that's how it manifests, then potentially having somebody there to kind of spit truth back at you when you're struggling in those moments is super, super helpful. Find the right person to do it with, though. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> So there's this, this big concept in, in therapy, and if you're going into therapy, you'll, they'll just beat this into you, essentially. Um, self-care is super, super important. Um, and so self-care looks like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Whether that's mentally, phys- physically, emotionally, right? Some people like to work out. You can find other ways. Like, I like to get massages. <laughs> hey, right? Um, I like to also watch really trashy reality TV. I do. I love it. I love it. It's like watching therapy in front of me and I don't have to do any work. It's incredible. Um, that's probably a sin in itself. But um, so self-care is super important because I can't give anything that I, like I can't give away anything that I don't have, right? So if I'm emotionally drained and mentally drained and physically drained, I can't help anybody. I can't get through my own anxiety because there's nothing left to give. I'm completely empty, Right? So I have to figure out how I can get filled up because that's the only way I can give something away moving forward. Does that answer the question? I, so. I feel like, okay, great. Um, okay. Um, all right. So uh, this person says, usually I do with my anxiety alone because I'm afraid of being a burden towards other people, um, which I know isn't helpful. They say gay anxiety. <laughs> Because, okay, so I'm going to work from the, I'm going to work from the last, that's okay. God, we're going to get through this together, man. I'm going to work backwards if that's cool. So the first question is, why do my anxieties feel smaller compared to other people, right? Um, Because anxiety is a big fat liar. Obviously they are, 
they're affecting you, right? But this idea of anxiety has to, again, I feel like kind of a broken record, so I apologize, but like anxiety thrives when it lies, right? And so it has to lie to you and tell you that your problems are small to keep the anxiety alive, to keep it going, right? Go back a question. Yeah, so my Jesus Duke answer is like, it's biblical. We are made for relationship and community, right? But also I think that's maybe what you guys are doing here, right? Is this idea that there is community and there are people who want to help. Um, there's also licensed professionals. So if you feel like you're a burden to your friends, right? Potentially starting with a therapist um, where it doesn't necessarily feel like a burden, right? Like you feel like you have to listen to me, I'm paying you, right? And then they can kind of walk through that with you right? Um, and recognizing that you're not a burden. People are saying to you kind of this evidence that supports the evidence that doesn't. There's no evidence to support that you are a burden, but more so folks are telling you straight up hardcore evidence. They want to help you and they are here for you. Yeah. Cool. That sounds great. Say that one more time. How do you live? No, 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 you're good. How do you live in a society where anxiety is trendy? Yeah, and people don't understand your mental health issues versus just the word being. Yes, 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 yes. How do I survive in a society that says anxiety is trendy? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm tracking. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? So um, here's a like a little sidebar about me. I'm like super in your face and re- not right the second, um, but I'm also pretty blunt. <laughs> it's kind of my selling piece. Um, can I be super blunt for a second? Okay, great. Um, you're being anxious about talking about being anxious. Like that concept though, right? Like how, how do I work through being anxious in a society that says being anxious is trendy, right? Like you're worrying about how other people are going to interpret if you say you're anxious. Ah, anxiety, right? Um, so, you, so it's separating that, right? You can't control what other people are going to say about your anxiety or about your mental health or how they're going to respond to it. Completely out of your control, 100%. The way that they choose to act and react is on them. The way that you choose to act and react is on you. That's the only thing you can control. So the answer is you can't. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, you can, you can do what you need to do to take care of yourself. So whether that's going to therapy, potentially medication, right, whatever that looks like, um, and kind of going that route. Yeah, but... So my question, I feel like I'm just getting blunter by the moment, right? Like, who cares, yeah. right? If that, if that is a migraine to them, then that is a migraine to them. That is, yeah, and that's totally a them thing. Yeah, so then we get into the place where we're comparing anxiety and, like, who's to say 
right? That, that can be just as crippling for that person. It's all relative. Yeah. Where does anxiety meet depression? Um, so a lot of times they are comorbid. They exist together. Um, and what was the second part? Uh, is depression a manifestation of anxiety? Is depression a manifestation of anxiety? No. They are two separate pieces. <laughs> I'm like really working my brain right now. Yeah. No, those are two. Um, so both of those are diagnoses within the DSM, which is what all of your psychiatrists or therapists would operate out of. Um, it's the manual that says these are all mental health disorders and here's how to treat them, right? Um, or here's what qualifies you to meet, to meet this. Um, and so those are two separate ones. They are comorbid, so a lot of times they do exist together, right? Um, depression is a chemical imbalance, so it's almost exclusively treated with medication. Um, research, <laughs> I'm about to be like really nerdy, research shows that medication in conjunction with therapy is the way to go. Um, you'll see a lot of overlap, but they don't, they are separate. I don't know if that answers the question. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because that would, that would dictate that everybody who is anxious, who doesn't get help, would become depressed. And that's not the situation. Yeah. Is that good? Okay, thank you so much for being with us. And um, thank y'all for sticking with us. I know we went a little bit longer, um, but I think it was very helpful. I do want to say this before I pray and dismiss us tonight is if you um, need to talk at any point and have further questions about stuff, um, I in no way pretend to be a licensed counselor or therapist, um, but we are in no way a church staff that is afraid of helping you get connected in those kind of ways. Obviously, we brought in a therapist and counselor to come in and speak, so we're all about helping you and um, I mean, I want to help you guys if you need to get connected in that kind of way. And so, but if you have questions, if this kind of sparks some more conversation that you need to talk about, um, even with a minister at our church, we'd love to help you and then get you connected to a professional. And we don't pretend to be that, um, but we do want to help you. So any, any questions, things like that, please feel free to, um, to talk to me and we can sit down and chat at any point. Um, but I uh, do want to remind you guys just about stuff at the sign-up table for outreach, things like that. Haley is doing the outreach or doing the cat in the hat thing at her school. So if you want to help Haley, on Friday morning, talk to her about that. Um, but that's really all I have. Am I forgetting anything, Noah? Okay, cool. Well, let me do this. Um, I will pray for y'all. And then um, I think we have some leftovers maybe in the, maybe, I can't promise that. But go scavenge in the cafe if you want some food for lunch tomorrow. Okay, uh, but let me pray for us and we're gonna be done. All right, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you're a God that cares for us. It's Father, that we can, uh, we can cast all of our anxiety, all of our cares on you because you care for us, Father, that we can, uh, we can trust you. And so I pray that in the midst of uh, a lot of burdens in this room, a lot of struggles that I know um, that school can bring on so many things and so much stress uh, that you would help us to, number one, know that we are in the church called to um, bear the burdens of each other, Lord, that we can't do this on our own, that even as uh, even as we uh, maybe have a tendency to kind of cut ourselves off, Lord, that you call us to rely on each other and to seek each other out to serve in love. I pray you would help us to continue to be uh, in this church and really in the Christians representing this room, a community that seeks to help each other, including when that means that we want to help someone get help from a professional when they need it. And so I pray that you'd help us to be open and vulnerable about those things and and helping each other in those ways. But we thank you that you're a God that loves us and cares for us. I pray that you would any, for any conversation or thoughts or struggles that have kind of been sparked and continued in the minds in this room, that you would help them to 
take the initiative to, to reach out to get help, uh, to talk to someone who can help them get connected or to reach out even to a counselor themselves. But I pray that you give them the boldness to, to not stay settled in where they're at, but know that there is help available, um, that, that we want to, uh, to serve them, to care for them, Lord. And there are so many who, who want to help them, and they don't have to feel uh, alone in this at all, Lord. But we love you. Thank you for tonight. Pray that you would use these students in great ways on campus and in jobs and uh, dorms and everything throughout the rest of the week. Use them in great ways for your glory. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you guys have a great rest of the week.